What's happening, everybody, and welcome back to the Funky Brain Podcast. My name is Dennis, and this is my Funky Brain. Our guest today is a very successful businessman turned stress relief specialist who's dedicated his professional career to helping other sales and marketing professionals avoid his mistakes and immensely benefit from the wonderful tools and techniques he has learned and experienced firsthand. Mr. Professor Pete Alexander, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great, Dennis. Thank you for having me on the show. And the reason I reached out to mm-hmm. Professor P is because in the world of addiction recovery, stress is a huge factor leading to addictions and just unhappiness of mm-hmm. all sorts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a consultant, you train people in the science of stress relief management. So Professor Pete, can you please share with our listeners a little about your story, like how you got to where you are now and what got you into this space? Sure. So it's... Um... The stress started as a kid. I grew up in an extremely dysfunctional family. If you want me to run off the things, let's see. Parents, nine marriages, seven divorces, one widowing, wow. including, including two marriages to them the, the themselves. They did a Richard Burton, Liz Taylor thing. Um, my sister is a product of their first marriage. I'm the product of their second marriage. So we're 100% blood siblings, but from two different marriages. Haven't found anybody else to say that. Alcoholism was the real bad addiction there in my, um, in my uh, growing up days. And uh, it was really some terrible stuff that happened. I had a lot, a lot of PTSD from that, to, to tell you the truth. Um, my mom just wasn't all there when she being heavily influenced by alcoholism and her choices and what she uh, did with me were not um, anything that I'm sure she's uh, would be proud of today. When I got into my 20s, I was lucky enough to discover uh, a 12-step program called Adult Children of Alcoholics, adultchildren.org. And I've been a faithful member of that uh, program now for almost 31 years. And oh, so, awesome, um, yeah, I ran retreats uh, for the program, been, uh, been a uh, sponsor for several people. I owe that program my life, truly, because when I got into that program, I was on a very fast slope to destruction. I was not a happy person. And the program did teach me how to first like myself and then love myself. Even though I was in the program and I felt better about myself, I still let the stress get to me. That came to another milestone, which was in my um, mid forties when I had a perfect storm. It was 2008, perfect storm, a stressful uh, things going on. My dad was dying and he had to have all his affairs, uh, to take care of. My mom had uh, major hip surgery and needed support. Uh, my kids were small, wanted uh, daddy's attention. I was running my landscaping business, had several employees that needed, needed attention. Um, and my marriage was heading for a divorce. So, you know, all these things just cobbled together and I ended up uh, getting stress-induced diabetes. But here's the crazy thing, Dennis. I didn't listen to my body about what stress was doing to it. Instead, what I did is just give me the medicine, the insulin, whatever. And I continued to burn the candle at both ends, like entrepreneurs do, for another 10 years until I ended up in the emergency room an hour from being comatose with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis, which basically for your listeners, if they don't know, my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. Wow. It's nuts. It's nuts. That was my epiphany moment. 
I knew that I needed to uh, do something differently or else I wasn't going to be around much longer. So here's the even more crazy thing. I spent several days in ICU after that uh, emergency and I was working for the last corporate job that I had. And my boss on the second day in ICU at about 6 a.m. texts me because you know she knew that I was in the hospital. She texts me and she says, you have a webinar you need to run at eight o'clock. What are you going to do about it? And here's the crazy thing. So I started using my phone because what a surprise. I didn't have my work laptop with me in ICU. And I'm sitting there with my phone trying to reschedule this webinar. And then they were checking my blood every half an hour because when I got admitted, my blood sugars were so high that the medical grade glucometers could not read them. And so they estimated that it was eight to 10 times higher than normal. Well, I, my, after two days in ICU, my numbers had come back down into more reasonable, still high, but more reasonable numbers. As I'm sitting there trying to reschedule this webinar, she takes my blood and it was like a 90 degree angle and it skyrocketed back up. And she says to me, like a matter of factly, you realize that's what put you in this hospital bed in the first place. A complete stranger. She says that to me. And that was my epiphany moment. And I realized I sat there for the rest of the day and I just contemplated that. I thought, you know, if I continue doing this, I'm not going to be around much longer. And so I got out of uh, ICU the day after that. And the day after that, I resigned and just started focusing on myself. And I said, I got to take care of my health because I'm trading my health for my career. And that is a really bad trade. So I started applying different stress relief tools and techniques. And I noticed that not only did my stress go down, my glucose numbers as a diabetic went down, my weight went down, and my energy level went way, way up. It was as if I had discovered the fountain of youth. And if you were to see a picture of me back in 2008, when I first got the stress-induced diabetes, Dennis, I look older 13 years ago. That's nuts. That's what stress does to you. I decided, you know, uh, I would start helping people that, you know, my, my friends, my former coworkers, my family said, yeah, you should write a book. So I wrote a book about it. Did okay on Amazon, well, Amazon bestseller. I started helping people and here I am today. And, you know, I'm, I really feel good about making a positive difference. I really do. Wow, that's a really powerful story. You know, about 20 years ago, I don't know if you remember this, there was a, a little video that came out. It was called The Interview with God. Did you ever you ever hear of it? So what was the video? Well, it's a, it's just a short two, two to three minute uh, little video with music playing in the background. One of the questions that he asked God, whatever God is, this is mm -hmm. not a religious thing going on mm -hmm. here. What troubles you most about mankind? And mm -hmm. God's response was, he loses his health to make money and then he spends his money to regain his health i remember this video now yes yeah. absolutely and you know what though at that time i wasn't ready to hear that that's the thing and what i'm doing today the most frustrating thing i see is the fact that i have focused the uh tips and tools that i share 95 percent of them you can implement and try in five minutes or less and Yet, I continue to be amazed at people who won't even find that time to try something. Because if you find a tool that works, I'm, I'm living proof of this. If you find a tool that even takes one minute a day to do, and you do it regularly over time, it has profound 
positive effects, but you got to start. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not like you have to read a 300 page book on meditation or something like that. It's we're literally talking one to two minutes a day doing something. And it's like, why until you have this, this breakdown, um, you know, or this burnout moment, do people actually take it seriously? And so, you know, that video is so powerful. Yeah, it really is. And you know, what you were talking about here is with being so overwhelmed and you were in that mm -hmm. job that was just mm -hmm. sucking the life out of you. And, and I talk about stuff like this all the time. And I wrote some of this in my book too. You know, my thought is that when we're overwhelmed or stressed out or, you know, whatever those feelings might be, whatever those emotions might be, I think there's usually one of four reasons. I really think there's the top two and then there, there's these other ones and you can contribute to this. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I find that most of them fall under these categories. And mm -hmm. the first one is, I think what you were talking about is that we're not doing what our real purpose is here yes. on earth, whatever that mm -hmm. might be, or something mm -hmm. that we don't love or are passionate about and failing mm -hmm. because of that. Like mm -hmm. if we're laying in bed in the morning with the sheet over our head, scared to get out of bed, it, I would challenge you it's because you're not it's because you're doing something that we're not meant here to be doing here on earth uh -huh, uh -huh. and that stresses people out because this whole system we lived in was designed for only very few to really succeed at, at a high level uh -huh, the second uh -huh. one is that the world has changed and I haven't changed along with it uh -huh. uh, the third one is that we're trying to do too many things at once and the fourth is that we're trying to please everybody else but ourselves and I think that story, when you were telling your story, I think that you had a little bit of those four things in there. And I find that almost all the time, if I'm overwhelmed, it's because of one of those four things. And it's usually one of those top two where the world has changed and I haven't changed along with it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, what you were talking about, uh, of not having that fit, whatever you're doing for a career, um, I always recommend uh, to anyone who has that same situation is to do your personal values work because that's probably one of my top three techniques that I work with clients on is helping them professionally elicit their personal values. Because if you know your top five personal values as it relates to your career, then whenever you have to make an important decision with that career, either taking that new job, starting a new business, um, maybe uh, buying a facility for your, uh, your business, whatever it happens to be, something that's an important decision. If you make sure that that decision is in alignment with your top five values, things will go much more smoothly. But if, you're not in a, if that decision is not in alignment with it, you're going to add unnecessary stress because you're not being true to yourself. And so it's, it's so powerful. And I agree completely with all four of yours. Yeah. I love that. What you were just talking about was one of your little tips for uh, coping with all this stuff. And I really mm -hmm. love that too. It's like defining your values and then are you sticking to your values? And we have a, I do a lot of uh, coaching in different areas. One of them is, you know, the big one, addiction recovery. That's my mm -hmm. background. You brought up 12 steps. I'll, I'm almost mm -hmm. 18 years sober. Congratulations. So, thank you. But I also do a lot of couples coaching. You know, the reason for a lot of broken relationships is that we call the 3% rule of dating. You know, when we meet somebody, we're really excited. We get together. Maybe it's great sex, some, some kind of big excitement that's there. And then, uh, but there's these three things that are really bugging me. You know, the, these are my rules that I made. There's uh -huh. these like things, but the, we're having great sex or we have great, uh, we're going, we like to go to the same places or drink the same beer or go to the, go dancing or whatever. But these three things 
But anyway, I can put those three things aside. And then a few months goes by, some of that passion goes away, some of the excitement goes away. And now you're just stuck with these three things. And what happens is like, those are your rules and you broke your own rules. Yep. And now you're in this relationship and some people drag this on for a year or 20 years or beyond in mm-hmm. these miserable relationships because they broke their own rules. So I love yeah. how you put this together where it's like you establish the rules for your life and then are you sticking to your own rules? That's exactly right. It's a great summary. In fact, what I'll do is I'll make sure to give you the link to the blog post that I did on personal values and how, how the listeners, they can walk through and do this. And you do this, this personal values work, whether it's for your career, your relationships, maybe your family, um, maybe your personal health, your spirituality, whatever area of your life that you feel needs some improvement. If you know what your top values are for that area of your life, that is almost like your North Star. It really is. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. I love that. So another one, which we were just talking about virtually through email the other day was your one minute rule. Can mm-hmm. you tell us about that? Cause I, you know what I've since, and when was that? That was just a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah, exactly. You that up. Yeah, I already yeah. shared it with two of my clients since then about, and I think it's just a spectacular um, little tool, little trick hack, whatever you want to call it to use that. That's a hack. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. a hack. So yeah. Tell us about that. Sure. So what it means is if you're procrastinating about something um, and you feel like, oh, it's too overwhelming, I, you know, I can't do it. What you want to do is you want to start having some forward momentum of some kind. And so the one minute rule says, do something that is only going to take you a minute. Let's say um, one of the things in, in um, the stress relief work that I did uh, is I created the uh, Lighten model for long-term stress relief. And that Lighten is, is a seven-letter acronym for the areas of your life that stress you out. And the E in Lighten stands for environment. And if your environment is stressing you out because it's totally cluttered, let's say, it could be a completely overwhelming to walk into, let's say, if you have an office or your living room, your bedroom, and it's a complete mess. But if you can say, all right, I'm going to hang up my coat that I just threw on the floor or something like that, where you do something that's going to take one minute or less, what that does in your mind is it gives you this sense of accomplishment, sense of doing something positive. And then you just start doing another one. And maybe the next day you're going to do two that take two minutes next day, maybe three, and you're starting to get that forward progress. But it doesn't have to be, okay, I have no choice, but I got to spend all day or next couple of days cleaning up everything. Because that is, that's overwhelming. But if you just do something, whatever it is that you want to go from point A to point B, getting to point B could be like jumping the, the Grand Canyon in a single leap. And that is just like, I can't do that. But well, okay. So what would be the next best first step? And, you know, you, you as a coach, Dennis, you know this. It's how do you get, get a client to take forward progress? If they're stuck, help them just take one step towards that goal. And the one minute rule is just like that. Yeah, I really love that. It's a valuable tool. You know, in 12-step in land, we say things like just do the next right thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when we get sober or when we make big life changes like that, like we're overwhelmed. We don't know what to do. Like first we go there because I'm like, I need to stop drinking. But then it's like, but now now I have to fix my relationships, my finances, my health, but let's just do the next right thing. And sometimes the next right thing is like, go get something to eat. Yes. Or take a shower. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's just self-care. Yeah. Self-care. You know, so, so you, you were saying it earlier about, you know, the fact that we want to people please others, but we're not pleasing ourselves. The thing is, is that I always want to pass on to everybody I come in contact with. You know, health is so, so important because without your health, nothing else matters. And, you know, if people don't believe me, I, I say, think about the last time that you were really sick, let's say with the flu or something else. Did you feel like doing anything other than lying in bed? Probably not. And when all you can do is lie in bed, you're no good to your business your career, your family, your relationships, and you cannot take your health for granted. That is part of self-care. If you continuously put other responsibilities, other people ahead of your own every time, your health is going to suffer. And what, you know, it's not an easy thing to get it back once you've gone off the deep end of, of, of mental or physical burnout. Yeah, well put. And remember, I just put a post up about that in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. or I did a video on it. And it's like, we all think we have all these problems, whatever those might be, financial problems, relationship problems, all these problems that we term as problems. But, you know, most of those things are just challenges that are put mm-hmm. in our in our path to help us improve and become better right. people. We don't really have any problems. This is my opinion, unless you start having health problems. Now you have a problem because all those little challenges that you thought you had, now you can't work on those. If you're healthy, you can go make more money. You can have new relationships or improve your emotional well-being. But, you know, if you start having like health problems, now you can't go out and do those things. Now you have real problems. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to put it. Absolutely. So don't take your health uh, for granted. I did. And look what ended up happening to me. I'm lucky to be alive. My best friend from high school, we served as each other's best man at our weddings. We uh, helped each other as proud fathers. And then you fast forward 30 years, life, you know how life goes. He was struggling in his personal and professional life. And he too ended up in the emergency room like I did. But for him, he ended up with intestinal cancer. And the doctors had to remove over two thirds of his intestines. And then he had to undergo a long chemotherapy regimen where he would do chemotherapy for three weeks on, and then they give him a week off to regain his energy. And then it would go three weeks on again. And so we would either talk on the phone or um, meet in person on those off weeks. Every time we talked, he told me he was absolutely convinced that stress caused his cancer. Two weeks before his 49th birthday, he ended up passing away because of his disease. Stress got the best of him. He, he didn't know, you know, he, he didn't pay attention to his body. He was, you know, it just, it, he, there, there were signs, you know, he, he told me this. Yeah, it was, you know, I could tell, you know, what was, things were uncomfortable in, in, in my insides and blah, 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 but he just had to keep on worrying, you know, and it just, it, 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 it ate him alive. The thing that, that everybody needs to know is that what happens when we're stressed and I'll clarify what good stress and bad stress are, because that's important, but Um, The thing that we have to realize about bad stress is that when we are experiencing bad stress, what that does is that drops a whole bunch of cortisone, adrenaline into our bodies constantly. I mean, constantly. Those are things that are for short-term purposes, you know, the fight or flight kind of syndrome. But because we're mostly mentally stressed these days, we're constantly dumping this adrenaline and cortisone into our bodies. And what happens is if it continues to happen, it creates this cellular inflammation. 
And the cellular inflammation in our bodies is what causes the chronic disease of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, you name it. And so it's so important to realize that if you can stop that negative stress, you can eliminate a lot of these problems. So the good stress, you know, stress is not the bad word because if we're doing something that we love, we were talking about that earlier, if we're doing something that we love, Dennis, good stress is things like that helps us get things done. You know, we're working on a project. We know we need to have this done by a certain time, but it's something we love. That's good stress. Makes us productive. No problem. It's not going to have a negative effect on our bodies. The negative stress is what we have to watch out for. And that comes in two different flavors. You have rumination, which is worrying about something that happened in the past. So you're guilty about something, or you say, oh, I should have done this or shouldn't have done this, blah, blah, blah. The problem is it's in the past. We can't do anything about it. We can learn from it, certainly. So taking some positive outcomes from that, but you can't change it. So why ruminate about it? And that festers inside of us. The other flavor is having anxiety over something in the future that may or may not happen. And the problem with that is, If we worry and say, oh my God, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Well, what's going to happen with that, Dennis? We're going to manifest that and that outcome is going to happen. But in most cases, all this anxiety we have in the future is based on fear. And fear is just an acronym for fictional evidence appearing real. When somebody is anxious or worried about something in the future, I always like to ask them, Instead of being anxious and have this fear, I like to ask him, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Powerful question, because that question opens up the world of possibilities rather than being in that stuck state of fear. If we can get rid of the rumination of the past, the anxiety in the future, now we're talking because that is what's killing us inside. Mm, yeah, staying present. I really love that. You know, you were talking about dropping all the cortisol levels, the adrenaline level. Those are the ones that make us sick. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the healthier ones, the the serotonin, the oxytocin, mm-hmm. hugging, what you get from hugging people. Yeah. And the serotonin comes from the meditation. And mm-hmm. the meditation is, uh, you know, integral to everything that I teach and practice in my life. I'm sure is that something that you throw into your practice as well? I do. I do it personally. Um, So I I do transcendental uh, meditation. Um, And so we do it in the morning and in the evenings, my wife and I. Um, That's that's a a powerful one. And for your listeners who go, oh, God, I can't do meditation because um, my mind always wonders. That's what why I like TM, because TM says, you know what? If your mind is wandering, that's because your mind is stressed about something and it needs to get rid of that thought. So go ahead and let it do its thing. And then when you're ready, come back to your center. So for meditation, when I realized, you know what, I can not listen to my inner critic about how good I'm doing my meditation and just meditate, it works. Um, So that's one. Gratitude is my number one stress relief activity. And my wife and I do before we go to bed. I ask her, what are you grateful for? And she asks me, what am I grateful for? And we recap the day about what we're grateful for. That's a wonderful thing to to, to end the day on. Um, I love going out for walks, hiking, being in nature. That's a huge, huge one for me. And also eating right. Eating the right foods 
is something that you're treating your body correctly. And uh, I like to use the metaphor of, let's say you had a, um, a beautiful sports car. What would happen to your beautiful sports car if you went into the gas station store and bought a bottle of Mountain Dew and dropped it into the gas tank, right? <laughs> what happens? That's exactly what happens if you keep consuming that stuff. So, you know, Big treat time. your body. Yeah. Treat your body right. Treat your body right. You know, and I, we hear this in recovery all the time, especially in 12-step rooms where people are like, when somebody comes in freshly sober, everybody there says the same thing. Oh, just keep eating crap and smoking cigarettes. It's okay. As long as you don't drink. And I think that that's a huge mistake. It's a bunch of bullshit because Mm -hmm. what happens, the best defense we have, you know, against relapses, against create, uh, to overcome cravings and uh, navigate that stuff is a health, is a healthy body, is a healthy, strong body that says, you know what, I can handle this. I got this. And you said another important thing. Well, you said a bunch of important things there, gratitude and service. Mm -hmm. Those are my two big ones, gratitude Mm -hmm. and service. In fact, I'm doing a whole podcast series on gratitude and service upcoming here because those two things alone will solve a lot of your world's problems. But another thing that you said is getting out in nature. We spend so much time, especially this last year with COVID, but we've been inside and I tell my people, I'll talk to my people and I'm like, when you know, they're overly stressed out and everything. I'm like, when's the last time you've been outside? They're like four days ago. I'm like, just go outside. Like I have it on my thing. Like I'll have like six clients and a, a podcast or two throughout the day. And I'm like, you know, go, go, go. But whenever I have like five minutes, I'll go run outside for like three minutes and just stand there with my face in the sun, like breathing, mm-hmm. you know, for three minutes, just to like try to get some fresh air. It's yes. so vital that we get outside in nature somehow. Yeah, it's very, very important. And even for those um, people who are living in an apartment building, let's say, and you can't, you can't really get to a park really easily, what you can do is if you can have some sort of nature thing, even on, on your, like your um, uh, patio that you have maybe with your apartment, if you have something uh, of nature, a potted plant or something, and you use your fingertips to touch the dirt, or better yet, if it's a big enough plant that you could actually touch it with your bare feet, you have this grounding that has so much power. And so it's just our connection because we're, what are we? We're mostly water. We're creatures of water. We need the elements of the earth to feel alive. And, you know, being under artificial lights inside is not natural. Where our bodies are the same bodies that were constructed back in the stone age, you know, yet we're now all mentally stressed uh, about everything around us versus the stress that we used to have in the stone age, which was that fight or flight, let's outrun the saber tooth tiger or the T-Rex, right? Yeah, and that so was all true. we had to worry about, you know? So. so true. You know, and one of the things I talk about, and I have a chapter in my book on this, it's called the real world. When you go on vacation, let's say you go to the beach, the mountains, the rivers, the lake, whatever your vacation is, right? You, as soon as you get there, you're like, calm right away as soon as you get there for some people it's on the ride there but and always at the end of the vacation everybody says the same thing oh it's back to the real world tomorrow you know to come back here but you know what that's a bunch of bullshit like that's 
this is not the real world. That is the real world. That's why when we get there, we relax right away. We don't have this, the noises, the stressors, the sirens, the horns, the snowblowers, the leaf blowers, mm-hmm. all the things that stress us out, the blasting radios in our head the, uh, all the time, mm-hmm. that those artificial noises, we don't realize they're invading our minds and they right. have us stressed out and we don't even realize it. And it's been going on forever. And as soon as we get to the real world where we belong, we calm down and we're like, this is great. So we come back here to this world that has us all sick and taking pills and medications to try to be calm where this world's making us sick. And we have to come here to make a lot of money so we can go spend a lot of money to get back to the real world for seven days to calm down. It's a very good and good analogy that you talk about. In fact, it reminds me because for the listeners, let's call it the uh, work world, they can actually get a little taste of, of being in the better world. And it only takes a minute. So let me walk you through this. They'll be able to, to use this at any point that they want. So go ahead and close your eyes and take a deep breath in. And I want you to go in your mind to a place you like to relax. Maybe it's the beach, maybe it's the park, maybe it's the lake, maybe it's your backyard, maybe it's a spa, whatever it is. Go there now in your mind and take in all of your senses. What do you feel? Do you feel the sun on your face? Do you feel the sand or the grass under your feet? What do you smell? Do you smell the fresh air? Maybe the lotion from the spa? What do you, what do you hear? Do you hear the wind blowing through the trees? Maybe the water splashing on shore? And what do you see? Do you see the blue sky? Maybe the green of the trees or the grass? Whatever it is, take it all in and then take another deep breath. And open your eyes. Pretty good, yeah. isn't that? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love and it. so people can do that at their desk as long as they have one minute of quiet time. And they can really, you know, again, it's a grounding exercise. And uh, it can have all the difference in the world. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's really good stuff. I have my clients do that too. I'm like, when I say meditate, it doesn't mean you have to go sit up in the Himalayas in a row for (laughs) four weeks trying to find, you know, enlightenment. You know, you can meditate on the toilet or at a red light or, you know, just one minute, just just to get re-centered and realize what the truth is. And the truth is that we're all okay. You know, we just have to like check in every now and then. Awesome stuff, Professor Pete. Thank you so much. So tell us, how can listeners get in touch with you if anybody wants to talk with you? Sure. So they can go to my website. I'll provide you with uh, the three links to the activities um, because they're all part of blog posts. I've got... um, um, over, oh boy, now probably 130 different tips on my blogs that they can go and try and, and, and uh, most of them five minutes or less. Um, but that's PeteAlexander.com. PeteAlexander.com. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for tuning in to the Funky Brain Podcast. Please be sure to reach out to Professor Pete if stress is taking over your life today, or even if you just want to calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a beautiful day today. Talk to you soon.
So I've been asked recently, why would I need a life coach and how can a coach help me? Well, I spent the last 15 years helping people overcome their challenges and propel themselves forward in life. And I work with people worldwide via Zoom and currently have clients in New Zealand, England, Australia, and of course, scattered throughout the US here. So how come some people seem to be able to think of great ideas and just get them done at a high level and some people just get stuck? Well, we need consistency in our lives to specifically define our goals and create specific action steps to get them done on a daily basis. And then execution is key. We could design all the beautiful plans we want, but without proper execution, most plans live a very short life. And then finally, and the most important piece of the puzzle to unlock all that success afterwards is accountability. All the most successful people in the world have coaches, mentors, and accountability partners. Oprah, Richard Branson, Elon Musk. Nobody reaches high levels of success on their own. In most cases, they have teams of people to run their ideas by. It takes more than just a good idea to reach your goals and dreams. It takes hard work, effort, commitment, and dedication. And of course, somebody to hold your feet to the fire to make sure these things get done at a high level. And that's what I do. I help people reach their goals at a high level. I am a high performance coach. And when I say that, I don't just mean money. I mean, kicking your addictions and mastering your life, improving your relationships, reaching your financial goals, crushing your health and fitness goals. So reach out today for a free session to start radically changing every area of your life. Don't wait till tomorrow or when it seems like the perfect time. Now is the perfect time to start achieving all your goals and dreams and to radically change your life forever. I'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful day.